So in case you missed the previous episode of Inspiration from Zion, this is part two of a really important conversation. And I want to encourage you to listen to part one that we released on September 5th, and then enjoy this one, which will be the pickup in the conclusion of this very, very important historic milestone and personal story. So it, it sounds like in their, in their overcompensation to make Munich the opposite of Berlin 36 years earlier, the Germans cut corners, they were unprepared, um, they put people who had no capabilities to actually deal with it. And, and we're going to talk about what they knew was potentially coming, but, but it, it, the the English phrase is, it sounds like a comedy of errors, but it's not a comedy. This is, this is a, this is gross incompetence on every level. I had never heard what you just said about the policemen on the plane abandoning their, deciding to, I mean, I hope that they were all fired. I mean, if we're up to me, they would have fired and shot for doing that. But (laughs) I can promise you that they were all promoted. uh, No, you're kidding me. Really? Yeah. Promoted for leaving the plane and um you know the chief of the police were promoted all the people that took uh, you know very bad decisions they did. the police chief at uh, that time did not have plan B you know if this plan is not working he didn't have a plan B of how to rescue the, the sportsmen and I'm saying again Israel suggested to send the rescue team which they completely said no to that they refused they refused. So, you know, um, so, um, so Mark was killed by German bullets. You know, for me, um, Mark was killed by those terrible, terrible, this terrible plan of them rescuing them. Um, I'm still waiting for the reports to to prove that. Um, yep. Yeah, we still don't ha- know the whole truth about that. Which won't um, change won't change the outcome, but but you should know. Yeah, yeah, they made they made so many so big mistakes. So you know, with all the findings of the late months. Incompetence, incompetence. So let's let let's talk about that. You mentioned archives being open. When we spoke before, I didn't know this. I think you mentioned there was a German journalist who who relatively recently researched this in depth. It okay, wasn't, so let me let please. me just uh, a short you know um, review about uh, the family's uh, fight for five decades. Yes. Uh, for forty five years, the family dealt mainly. With, commemor- with commem- commemorating uh, our athletes. Uh, Anki Spitzer is, uh, was a very young journalist when her husband, Andre Spitzer, uh, were killed in Munich. She, she was uh, Dutch. Um, she just had a little daughter, was born three months before that. Right. She lived in Andre in, uh, in Israel. And she went as a very young journalist to Munich to see why her husband died. How did he die? To get some answers from Bavarian officials. She was kicked off all the stairs. She realized something wrong happened there. It was just a couple of months after the massacre. She joined uh, another widow, uh, Ilana Romano. Uh, She was married to uh, Yossi Romano. She had three little girls. And they started then, uh, joined... Uh, journey that never ended until now with all of us, the families of finding the truth. Okay. Um, The first fight was the first fight. It was not a fight. The first logical uh, thing that uh, we wanted was uh, one minute of silence in the Montreal uh, Olympic in 1966, in 1976. No, 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 1976, correct. Which did not happen, you know, and then we started, why? 
and said politics. But, you know, my, my father said my son was not a politician. He was a sportsman. Yeah. Um, and then we realized that something bad is going on. Okay. Uh, um, during those years, we found facts and documents that showed the horrific way that the Germans held, handled the rescue operation. Everything was wrong there. So many mistakes, so many uh, decisions, wrong decisions that were made. Um, that there was enough evidence to take them into court. Okay. Really? In court, they lied. The Germans lied, hide many documents, hide the truth from the families. Trita suggests, you know, we don't want you here. Um, they, they really hide from us and from the world um, what really happened there. Um, um, sorry. <laughs> no, you, yeah, you were talking about how, how for, for years, Anki and Ilana particularly are, yeah. are looking to find the truth and, 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 and get some sense of what happened and, and proper closure, but we're now 50 years later. And, yeah, and, so and, you know, for forty-five years, uh, most of the uh, most of our you know work is really to commem- commemorate and to work and to um, um, and to make the one-minute silence to come, you know, to happen. Um, if I remember correctly, that only happened first in Rio in two thousand sixteen, right? In two thousand. No, no, no. It, no. Uh, right. In 2016, there was a huge memorial uh, there. There was no, but on, in the Olympic, there was not a minute of silence. There was not even a minute of silence still. No, then. no, 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 no. It was the first time that uh, many uh, very important people came to the, uh, to the uh, memorial site they built there. And it was very, very emotional. It was very nice. Thomas Bach took care of that uh, then. Um, Who's that? Thomas Bach is the international head of, uh, uh, of the Olympic Committee of the world. Okay. okay. And he's a very f- close friend to uh, friends of, uh, of the families. So even, even if he's a good guy and even if he's friends with the families, it only, it, it took until 2016, even and just only now work? we got it. Um, you know, and the question is that, um, how did something so obvious for me and for you and for many people required a war, a war of decades? Yeah. How come a minute of silence, they came there to do sport, to do a, a, a war of love? They were murdered them there. How come the Olympic International Committee didn't think that this is just a very, you know, human action? Normal, of- completely normal. Yeah, to do to remember them where they were murdered, but only after five decades, after a huge fight. Okay, we have Thomas Bach, which is our friend, and only now in Tokyo, it was the first time a year ago, uh, in the last summer in yeah. August. Uh, uh, one minute of silence uh, uh, was opening the ceremony. And um, that was the most happiest minute of my life. Wow. The happiest minute, minute of, in my life and many, many other uh, family members to finally be recognized in the world. And, um, you know, that's, they, 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 they died there. They were killed there. It's, it's, it's there, you know, you have to, to give it to them, this one minute of silence. And this was a huge minute for us. Do you believe that that is now setting a precedent that all Summer Olympics that will happen? Or that's not even... Only, this is my biggest wish. We're not going to, you know, this is not over yet. We have, you know, the next Olympic in Paris. We're going to, you know, to do everything that that will be something to, you know, it has to be there every 
uh, in every uh, Olympic forever. ceremony forever, forever, forever okay. including saying the names of the athletes and you know to give them the full respect uh, they deserve. Absolutely, Mika. Before we, I want to I want to come to some more of the German cover up, um, which you had shared. But um, but let's just take another quick break and then and then okay. come right back. Okay, so uh, again, I don't remember the details, and I'm grateful for you sharing it. Documents have been open. You mentioned that the, I think when we spoke you yesterday, preparing for this, you mentioned that there was a German journalist, and there was a lot that's been uncovered about the Germans knowing that there was a terrorist plot being planned. Yeah. And that there were neo-Nazis in Germany involved, passing that information along details about the Olympics to the Palestinian Arab terrorists and the Libyans. Yeah. First of all, how uh, do we so know that? We uh, we know a lot. Um, and um, we know a lot. And uh, we were preparing to go to the... Um, Tokyo to the sorry to the ceremony in Munich that is going to be held in uh, in September fifth. But uh, we found some new information a couple of months ago by a German journalist. Um, you know, some very trouble information about that the Germans knew that a terror action is going to be held in in the Olympic Games. And uh, they did nothing with that information. Um, so we had a discussion, the families, and we said, why do we need to go there to this big, big, big ceremony they're planning and say, thank you. I'm saying again, this information came to us in the last, uh, I think around May. Okay. Uh, we uh, seriously thought, you know, how can it happen that, you know, we, I, we were there 10 years ago in 2012 and um, we, were, um, we were told there that all archives are going to be open on 10 years ago. And they did open archives and archives in Israel were open too as well that year. And we got so many documents. Uh, but then here we, we find out that there are so many, you know, very important information that we didn't know about. Uh, we got so upset. It really rocked the, our world, finding those terrible, you know, evidence that they could have do something to protect, to save them, to save them. And uh, we got so upset. So we decided that at this time, uh, there is nothing, you know, no reason for us to go there and tell you thank you for this lovely ceremony, memorial service that you're giving our, you know, our family. This is not worth it. We want, you know, and then we decided that uh, for us to come to, to, to Munich for this memorial, three uh, things um, must happen, okay? Uh, three conditions. The okay. first one is taking responsibility, finally, after 50 years, that they did not do enough to save them. The Germans, that the Germans... The Germans, were, that right. the Germans did not knew and did not do enough to protect them and to save them. Uh, so the first one is a sincere apology because we never, never were abused by them for five decades. We were never heard any apology from them. It's appropriate the second, now that we speak uh, weeks before Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, when we're spending a month um, searching for forgiveness. This would be this would be the time, if yeah, any time, that they that should time. do that. Yeah. The second thing that we insist is to open, to really opening the archives, to really opening the archives, to open all documents they were hiding from us for five decades and to really, really show us what happened there. And this is, you know, for now, after so many years of, you know, we realize we cannot trust them. 
we wow. wanted that to, to be with is, Israeli his, his, uh, historians. So you know. how do you know that I, I'm so glad you just said that we don't trust them. How would you know that today as we speak, there aren't Germans going through the archives, removing things that they don't want seen? We don't know. We don't, we don't know. We don't know we that. Just, no, no. Okay. But I know uh, they, and they did agree to those two first conditions. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. They did agree to apologize for not protecting the sportsmen appropriately. And they they did agree to have uh, uh, um, you know to build up uh, to have some people historians Germans and Israeli to dig into the archives and to 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 you know it's not for us it's for the whole world correct to say in the history books this is what happened this is the true facts of what happened in Munich massacre in 1970. I, I just want to interject before you talk about the third condition that it's shocking to me that one has to negotiate for an apology and upon agreeing, they didn't just do it. They didn't say, you're right. No, no, no. Our apology. We're there, no, we're, no, no. We're still no. waiting, right? Yeah. Goodness. The third one is compensation. We never, okay? We never, until five years ago, for 45 years, the family was searching for um, you know, to know what happened there. And the commemorate the, the, the sportsmen. We were chasing the one minute silence. We knew that, you know, there is hiding stuff. We were trying to reach the truth, to search the truth for, this is what we did for 45 years old, for 45 uh, years. Um, five years ago, we, um, we decided that after all the documents that were revealed by that time, we want to get compensated for um, for what happened there. Explain that. Um, you know, many some terror actions uh, happened after Munich. Um, the families were compensated. Uh, not too many years afterwards, without you, any fight. You mean, you mean terror acts in Germany for which the Germans compensated? Uh, no, Libyan terror actions. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Um, and we were chasing to get the... We wanted to uh, get the compensation, uh, the... Um, the UM... Um, the United Nations. The United Nations is keeping is having um, uh, a lot of um, money of the Libyans. They're holding their money, and we decided that if we want to be compensated by the, uh, by uh, those money by this money that they're holding, because we proved them that the Libyans were or were planning this uh, massacre. Uh, we uh, the historians, the our lawyers. Um, um, uh, um, send them a report that reflects. Uh, sorry for that. Um, that uh, reflects the situation that um, we want the compensation coming from the Libyan money. Uh, the German didn't want to hear about that. Um, so we we're, we're we're asking to be compensated uh, as a uh, international, you know, it should be. It, it, it was an international massacre. The Germans are the German. The Germans just uh, informed us that, um, uh, as we recently found, that the athletes, for them, in their eyes, the athletes died in a local incident. Okay. Um, and we're trying to, to explain them that, no, they did not work, died in a local incident. They were murdered in a horrific act of international terrorism. Yes. And we're just asking to be compensated as if legally, uh, you know, the amounts that families that were their loved ones were uh, compensated in such of, uh, you know, terror acts. If the Germans didn't know before, and if the Germans didn't act so irresponsibly by, first of all, refusing Israel's offer to help 
with the rescue, and second of all, with such an incompetent, I mean, it's not, you can't even call it a rescue attempt. It's just a, a an absurdity. Would yeah. you, would you, would you still be seeking compensation? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, but you enough. know, after five decades of having such a terrible, you know, journey, uh, they lied to us. They made us, you know, they humiliate the families. Um, you know, it's such a tragedy for every, every family had a tragedy and we all suffered, you know, my parents passed away and I had to take care of, you know, uh, the, the memory and I'm with Anki and Ilana so many years in this fight. And it's just unbelievable what we are as a families have to deal with, with, with this terrible, you know, they, they never opened, you know, they were never nice to us and, and. We don't think that now, after so many years, after five decades, we should arrive to this ceremony when, you know, when they're, treating when they're you telling me, when they're telling us this was a local incident. Well, it was not a local incident. A local incident and regardless of the legitimate, very legitimate pain and suffering that you experienced, that your parents suffered, that all of the families suffered and which you still unfortunately carry with you today yeah absolutely and i I, so the germans have agreed to the first two conditions of an apology and opening the archives and as far as compensation they what where does that stand uh right now they're saying that we're in negotiation which is not true uh they're offering uh compensation in a level of a local incident which is uh, not acceptable for us. They should uh, acknowledge that that was an international scale uh, terrorism act. And we really hope that, uh, you know, they will realize that very, very soon so we can um, come to their their ceremony that they're planning for them. Well, it seems like more than you going to the ceremony, more, more than that, you and the remaining and the, the 10 other families need a, a sense of closure you need to feel we need a like, sense of closure right. we need to know that this all tragedy after five decades of fighting them will be you know solved properly with truth and uh and uh, you know let those 11 uh, sportsmen as we say in hebrew they could rest in peace after so many years of, of of not justice for us, the families. Well, it's not just resting in peace. You and your parents and your siblings and, and I don't know how many other relatives of the 11 athletes there are totally, but you know, you're talking about arguably hundreds or in the low hundreds um, don't live in peace because this hangs over you. No, we definitely don't live in peace. I can what? tell you that for my whole life, I'm just... I'm just fighting for that, you know. I want, you know, my to have my 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 life back and to know yeah. that this fight is over and I'm almost 50 years old. I don't want to fight them anymore. I just want to 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 remember my brother and his friends in the most, you know, pure way and to continue to to remember them with all the actions that we do and um that's it. You know, one of the things that's shocking to me in, in this context of the compensation is, to their credit, the Germans went out within three or four decades of the end of the Holocaust, under, uh, took, took responsibility, made reparations to survivors, and still to today, where there are survivors, continue to pay for the, for, for the crimes that the Germans committed and that's on a much greater numerical magnitude than than 11 athletes and 11 families it's it's astounding to me why they would would even hesitate to say you're right we we we're, because we're wrong because i again. think because i think it's a huge uh a shame for them that after they killed 6 million jews on their land they killed after 27 years another Israeli Jewish athletes, and they did not. They cannot, I think, afford to themselves that on history books it will say we killed so many Jews, so many millions of Jews, and then we killed 
another. We, we didn't kill, but we didn't prevent appropriately the, the killing of another um, 11 Jewish um, athletes. Right. And you mentioned to me when we were speaking yesterday that that before the games began, Israel's uh, th- there were people from Israel who went to the Germans asking for more security. The Germans, yeah, the head that. of the Israeli delegation, Mr. Shmuel Alkin, went to see, went to to the Olympic Village to see where they they were planning to um, to to allocate the Israeli team. And he said, you know, months before that this is not a good place. They should be more, you know, in a more hidden place because you know they're Israeli, they're Jewish. But he was dismissed. Yeah. Nobody took serious, you know, what he said. Even though in parallel, according to what the, the journalist revealed three or four months ago, that the that there were there were other Germans at least who knew that this terror attack was being uh, we found out that uh, the German officials knew of the location <laughs> of the apartment that the terrorist oh, uh, lived in three months prior to this uh, attack. Yeah. Got it. Mika, I want to take one more break before we wrap up and, and then come back and just tie up some uh, loose ends, which I wish I could do for you and, and all the, the families. When you think of Jerusalem, you probably think of its historic and biblical sites. Run for Zion is a trip unlike any other. You will join tens of thousands of Israelis interacting with Jerusalem as you never have and never imagined you would. You'll connect with and bless Israelis of all backgrounds. If you've never been to Israel and are dying to come visit, or haven't been for a while and can't wait to get back, Run for Zion is the opportunity for you. And now, if you register today, you can join us for as little as $29. Yes, that's for real, just $29. Run for Zion is a pilgrimage and service experience that gets you out of the tour bus, interacting with the people and the land. Check out runforzion.com for details and come run for Zion and bless Israel with every step. Okay, so Mika... Uh, I, I, I know this is hard to share because you're re, re, reliving it and it's adding stress, but you do this and, and, and I'm grateful for that. And I know everyone who's listening is as well. After the massacre of your, of Mark and the other 10 athletes, Israel launched, Golda Meir as prime minister launched a, a secret operation called Wrath of God to huh? kill all the terrorists who had been involved. Uh, Steven Spielberg made a movie about this in which it was some of the reviews were were mixed on it because it shows the resolve of the Mossad team but it also shows the human conflict that they had um essentially assassinating the terrorists who were involved um a did you see the movie and what do you think about it and b how do you feel about the operation uh wow uh i think that the gov- israeli government had to do something about that uh, I, I think this operation, I, of course, I saw this movie, uh, it was a series, uh, many, many times. Uh, I think that um, Golda Meir felt very bad um, about this, you know, I knew that her sister was dying from cancer in the days of the, you know, on the 5th of September and uh, the days and uh, I think that she knew that she not that she could do more um, while of the, the negotiation. Um, and I think that she wanted to. She was very upset. Uh, she felt bad, and she wanted, you know, to 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 do the best of, you know, um, to 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 kill those who were planning the, this terrible attack. Um, of course, in the movie, you see there's there uh, how the conflicts of you know before every every killing of the terrorists, but uh, you know still some are alive terrorists, and still you know terror actions are still happening, still killing Jews. And, uh, you know, from my perspective of life, from my, you know, me and my family, we just want to close this, this, this five decades yes. of this huge, 
you know, thing that was never, never ended for us yeah. until now. Well, I pray that it will. Um, one of the mistakes, if you will, of the wrath of God operation was apparently the killing of a Moroccan waiter. I don't know. I don't recall where yeah. that took place. Now, what's amazing to me is that this month, a team of Moroccan wrestlers are coming to Israel to yeah. compete against Israelis in a friendly match that's in memory of Mark. Yeah. Um, you're, you, you mentioned that you're going to be speaking to the group. Yeah. What, do you, what, what does it mean to you? What's the significance of I think Moroccan that, you Arabs know, coming here and 50 years later? So for me, all those uh, matches in wrestling and all other, uh, you know, sports, you know, this is the real um, commemorate of the athletes. For me, that uh, those guys are coming here, it makes me so proud that, you know, after five decades, uh, you know, for me, the Moroccan team is just like any other team and they're wrestlers. And I, I, I'm very happy, you know, I don't, I, I don't connect it in any way to what happened. This is completely other thing. We're now in time of, you know, peace and the, um, you know, all, all the, the, Accords, the yeah. end of Abraham, you know, Abraham Accords, every agreement, you know, it's, 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 it, it, I'm, I'm happy about that. You know, we're so many years after that, this is a, a new era. And uh, I understand that this is the first time they're coming to Israel. And I'm really, really so happy. I will be very happy to meet them. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to hearing how that goes. To me, and I'm not you, and I apologize if this is inappropriate, but to me, that 50 years later, and the fact that it was specifically a Moroccan that was accidentally killed, um, to have a Moroccan team also help coming here now helps bring closure. Yeah, uh, to, to beginning, and I, and I pray that by the time people are listening to this, I'll have an addendum to say that yes, the Germans stepped up and they've apologized and they've and they've opened the archives and they've provided the proper compensation. Um, it's not a it's not just a financial thing. You and your family, of and course, of the course, have suffered. It's 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 um, economic, of course, but it's emotional and and physical. Uh, it, it takes a toll on your life. It completely tore my 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 family. I told you yesterday, you know, um, my parents were in their forties when Mark was murdered. Was murdered, and my father became so ill. Heart attacks and strokes became a huge part of our lives. Uh, I was born into all of this. I knew from a very young age that my life was not completely different from all uh, of my friends. Yeah. My parents protected me in an unreasonable ways, um, but the pain, the suffering, the crying, the hurt—not of my not only of only of my parents, but my grandparents, my sure. uncles, my sure. aunts—it was really times um, of unbearable situation at home. Uh, my mother, through all the years, just wanted Mark to come back home. Um, you know, and I can tell you that all, uh, my family and all the other 10 families were completely destroyed by that. And they're trying to pick up the life until now, because it was never ended by their murder. We're still fighting for the truth, yes. for the truth until now. I pray that you'll get that. And that that will indeed provide the closure that's needed. How does it, uh, and now you're a mother, you have two, two daughters. Yeah. How does that impact your life? Or do, do your kids just see you stressed and worry about you? Or, or, or how, how, how have you passed along the trauma of their uncle being killed? Yeah. So, and you know, heroism? I was, so I was born into this, um, you know, very, my parents, you know, I was 20 years old when um, my parents, uh, my, my father passed away when I was 24 years old and my mom passed away when I was 28 years old. And only then I started really to collect my life because up until that point, it was always about, about you know, the pain and the suffer and uh, the sickness of my parents. 
Um, to me, um, is the most important thing for me that those years were to continue and to remind the world of Mark. Uh, sometimes that for me, that was so difficult, those, those uh, the first years. Um, you know, I'm very, very proud of myself that I was able to start an, uh, a family, to have the most amazing two girls that I'm having. Ever since they were born, they, are, they know that their uncle was a hero. Yeah. They hear stories about him. They're always coming with me to the uh, to the cer- to ceremonies, to the cemetery. Ever since they were born, they're into that. They know my 11 years old know to tell the story of Mark and of, you know, what happened since, just like, almost like me. Yeah. Uh, they're telling it to their friends. Uh, they're asking me to come to the school to lecture about, about Mark. They are so much involved in the memory of uh, their uncle. And, uh, you know, this is for me. After I will not be here, they will continue what I'm doing. And this is, you know, for me, for my family, for the Slavin family, this is the most important thing to not to let anybody forget Mark and his yeah. amazing, you know, life that yeah. was only 18 years old. Yeah, it's shocking because the things that we know about him he lived the life of a of somebody who was a mature, old, much older man, yeah, um, and very heroic. I want to ask you one more thing. Um, I read somewhere that you have a family tradition. I think it goes back to a grandfather relating to a piece of cloth that's mm. been in family possession for generations, and it's to a degree it's brought protection to those who have kept it. And well, I think well, I remember this... somewhere that Mark didn't have that with him. Okay, Munich. wow, this story. Wow, where yeah, did you so find it? <laughs> I, I just Googled you and need to, okay. need to find it. By the way, so, anyone who wants, who, before you, you, you respond, there's a lot of information here. And, and we, I interviewed Anki uh, two years ago. And anyone, who, Anki Spitzer, who's the uh, widow of, uh, of Andre Spitzer, anyone who wants more information, as we always ask, this should be interactive to please reach out and we'd like to provide you that information. But it's a, it's a fascinating story piece of your family history yes yes and, this and story is amazing so um okay we're in the second world world war uh my grandfather my mom's father uh is a young man there are seven brothers and they were all uh called to the army to the russian army during the second world war their mother uh, she was a very uh, uh, she was a very special woman. She gave, you know, from the beginning of the world, three of uh, uh, his brothers, my my grandfather brothers, were killed, and uh, the others she gave everyone. Uh, they were very very poor family, so she gave every one of them a piece of something that belongs to her. One of them, she gave him a pencil. One of them, she gave him uh, a glass. Uh, To my grandfather, she gave uh, her napkin, a white napkin. And she told them all, you have to put it right next to your heart. Uh My father, my grandfather, uh, Grisha Chernyak, he was, I I told you in the beginning, he was a weightlifter. He was a very, very strong man. He was fighting against the Germans. Uh, one night, he was supposed to be a guard, um, you know, protecting the... Everybody went to sleep, and he was the guard. And he was very tired. He went to the kitchen to make himself a cup of tea. Um, some, you know... Some, another soldier came and started to tell him, you're the Jews, you just want to eat, you just want to drink. And my grandfather was so, um, he was so hungry and he was so thirsty and he was so tired. He just picked up the gun and by mistake, he killed this guy. Uh, my, father, my grandfather was sentenced to death. Um, but... His commander knew how 
a wonderful person, my grandfather, and that he understood the situation. And he said, okay, um, I'm going to, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to send you to, um, okay, this word just, um, 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 to, he sent him to the war, to the biggest place where the war um, held in Russia. Uh, and he said, I know that you might not come back there, but I have to send you as a punishment because, uh -huh. you know, you just killed someone. My grandfather was uh, deep, deeply hurt. Uh, he was shot at his chin in his hand. Um, he was in a village uh, lying, dying for a couple of days. Uh, and then he had a dream. And all of a sudden, they wanted to cut his arm off. He had a dream that uh, his parents, that his mother, uh, is giving him to drink something green. This is a real story, yeah? yeah? That he is giving him to drink something green. He drank it, and in a miracle way, he started. Uh, he, he, they sent him to Stalingrad. I'm sorry, I've completely... They sent him to Stalingrad, where the main, you know, fights were happened there between the Russians and the Germans. Yeah. And then he was hurt then. And after he drank this thing in his, you know, uh, in his uh, dream, after he, 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 they wanted to cut his arm, but all of a sudden he started to, um, you know, to get well. And then my grandmother, his wife found him and she brought him home. Um, this napkin that his mom gave him was completely covered with blood. But after a very short time, it became to be white. Really? As, you know, white. Completely white. Wow. Um, and then they came to Israel. And, uh, you know, when Mark went to the Olympics, you know, to this big festival of, you know, war of love, nobody thought that he needs to to be protected from anything. Right, of course. So my mom kept the snap the napkin right. and she didn't give it to him. That must have that must have eaten her. And a then lot uh, my my brother Alec uh, went to the army and then the first Lebanon war started. Yes. And um, she gave him the napkin. Uh. And he was in the middle of Lebanon and so many of his friends died there. And he came back with not even the smallest injury in his body. Yeah, his soul was completely ruined, but his, you know, he was, was never armed physically. Right. Um, and, you know, we who, want to who, believe. Who has the napkin now? My aunt, You're my right. aunt, my aunt is saving it. It's still white. It's still, you know, incredible. clots are becoming to be uh, yellowish, but this is yeah, completely white. That's yeah, amazing. this is an, a really ma magical cloth that we're having. You mentioned Mika and I, and I, I don't know if you, you, you mentioned it so naturally in passing and telling the story. I wonder if you've ever connected the experience but you mentioned about how your grandfather was in the second world war fighting against the germans now 80 plus years later you're here in israel fighting against the germans yeah this is like you know and uh, a story that is not ending <laughs> for so not many yet. it's not even five decades it's uh eight day, decades well let's let's hope yeah. that you're the last of yeah. your family to be yeah. fighting the Germans. Yeah. One, one last, one last question. You're here. You've got an amazing family. You're, you're not even an immigrant, albeit all that you were born to immigrants. You're part of the proud, incredible country that we have here, albeit with all of our problems. We have a lot of problems, but we have an unbelievable country. Do you feel any sort of consolation that Mark, despite his death, that he, it was because of him that your whole family ended up coming here 50 years ago? And in any way, maybe it sounds gross, but in any way, did that fulfill his destiny? 
that I think dream? that um, for me, living in Israel, building my, you know, I lived for a couple of years in, uh, in the States. And, you know, for me, deciding to come back to Israel, Israel is my home. Israel is the home of my family. I'm, I'm you know, I'm a very proud Jew. Um, I'm, I'm connecting, you know, to my brother's vision, you know, of, of you know, this is our home, the, the home of Jews. And, you know, for me, I will never replace it ever again. And I'm, I'm thanking him, you know, yes. for making yes. this decision for us, because for now, all, you know, my aunts that they were young and having families and, you know, I have an amazing family. We all thanking him for making these decisions for us, for making this decision for us. And, um, you know, we will never change. We will, you know, this is our home. It is his legacy. And, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm emotional. I feel like I want to cry over his death, but I, I am, I'm, I, I, I hope that whether it's in Munich this week, as we speak, where you're able to commemorate his memory or just throughout that we, that this be part of commemorating him and his heroism and his legacy. And I, Mika, I just so, so much thank you for being open and willing to share. I just want to say one more thing on the September 21st, Yes. We're going to have a huge memorial ceremony in Israel. Okay. And, you know, for us, the family to have this ceremony in, in Israel is the most important thing yes. because this is our home. And this is where the, the, the memory of the sportsman is the most, most important for us. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we will have this, this you know, 50 years memorial in the most precious thing, a place for us. So, you know, I really hope that we will eventually be able to go to Munich, but they really have to change their attitude and to understand that, you know, truth must, you know. Truth and honesty. I mean, truth uh, and honesty. Yeah. 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 Um, I, ho- I, I, I hope you'll share with me the details about the memorial here that I can attend and maybe share it with our listeners, maybe even live by video. Uh, Mika Slavin, I wish that we never had any occasion to meet that you were just the sister of Israel's first Olympic medal recipient and raising your family here among the nine and a half million of us. Um, but I'm privileged that we have met. I'm grateful for you taking the time and sharing your story and Mark, his story and how, and, and what that means to us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for letting me telling the story. I want you to stay tuned now for an incredible update since we first spoke and as we wrap up the conversation. I want to pause in the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the Genesis 123 Foundation. This year, we have been going out all throughout the Judean mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill. They are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. That's genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. Since our conversation, There are several updates. First of all, the German government did come to an agreement with the families of the victims, according to what Mika said, what their requirements and what their expectations were. The Germans did this both because they realized that they were wrong and had been for five decades, and it would be tremendously inappropriate to hold a 50th anniversary memorial ceremony and not have the families of the victims present. The families did attend the memorial, and Israel's president was the guest at a state reception and the official ceremony, standing alongside the German president. 
They pray that Mika and all the other families will now have a sense of closure. At the ceremony, German President Frank Walter Steinmeier was contrite and clear in his remarks. He said, we are talking about a great tragedy and a triple failure. The first regards the preparation of the games and the security concept. The second, the events of September 5th and 6th, 1972. And the third failure begins the day after the attack. The silence, the denial, the forgetting. We cannot make up for what happened or for what you experienced and suffered in the way of resistance, ignorance, and injustice. As this country's head of state, and in the name of the Federal Republic of Germany, I seek your forgiveness for the inadequate protection of the Israeli athletes at the Olympic Games in Munich, and for the inadequate resolution afterward, for the fact that what happened could happen. As we finish, um, you know, I, I joke, and this is probably one of the most emotional uh, podcasts that we've done in over a year. Um, but I'll still say it. You, if you've stayed with us this long, you deserve a reward. And, and this year we started from the Genesis 123 Foundation, uh, offering a special gift each month. We're giving away a special volume we call from Jonathan's bookshelf. All we ask is that you please go to inspiration from Zion, the social media and like and follow us. And when you comment and share the link to this program, we will select one person at random to receive a special gift. And this, this month, we're giving a, a, a book that's relating to another military operation um, in which Israel was successful. Uh, and, I, and I'm looking forward to, to sharing that. We're always grateful that this podcast is sponsored by our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia, if you're in the area and, and can pop in and tell them hi. And thank you for helping them make this program and conversations like this possible. Also, thank you for our friends, the Coin family, for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider joining us to help continue the dialogue and build bridges. This episode specifically is sponsored by our friend Carol, good friend Carol. Um, Carol knows Jewish history, the importance of Israeli sovereignty, and how the past manifests in our present and future. And Carol, thank you for helping to sponsor uh, this conversation specifically. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode in honor or memory of a loved one or a special occasion, please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your comments as part of the dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well, especially questions you have about Judaism for our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please share this with others who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here as we bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and your loved ones are all safe and healthy. And I send my blessings from right here in the Judean mountains. God bless you.